phonograph created by the great wizard of the new world to delight those who would have melody or be amused. I can sing you tender songs of love. I can give you merry tales and joyous laughter. I can transport you to the realms of music. I can call you to join in the rhythmic dance. I can lull the babe to sweet repose or waken in the aged heart soft memories of youthful days. No matter what may be your mood, I am always ready to entertain you. When your day's work is done, I can bring the theater or the opera to your home. I can give you grand opera, comic opera, or vaudeville. I can give you sacred or popular music, dance, orchestra, or instrumental music. I can render solos, duets, trios, quartets. I can aid in entertaining your guests. When your wife is worried after the cares of the day and the children are boisterous, I can rest the one and quiet the other. I never get tired, as you will never tire of me, for I always have something new to offer. I give pleasure to all, young and old. I will go wherever you want me, in the parlor, in the sick room, on the porch, in the camp, or to your summer home. If you sing or talk to me, I will retain your songs or words and repeat them to you at your pleasure. I can enable you to always hear the voices of your loved ones, even though they are far away. I talk in every language. I can help you to learn other languages. I am made with the highest degree of mechanical skill. My voice is the clearest, smoothest, and most natural of any talking machine. The name of my famous master is on my body and tells you that I am a genuine Edison photograph. The more you become acquainted with me, the better you will like me. Ask the dealer. With 134 phonograph-related patents to his credit, Thomas Edison was unquestionably the dominant inventor in the field. But he was far from alone. Alan Konisberg's book, The Patent History of Phonographs, 1877-1912, lists no fewer than 1,028 optimistic investors who no doubt all envision future glory and fortune in their patented improvements on the phonograph. If only it were that simple. Louis Devineaux was among this army and now he is a forgotten inventor, a middle-aged man with dreams of quitting his job as a clerk and becoming a wealthy inventor. Welcome to Dead Wax 78s. I'm your host, Sean. And, you know, we not only talk about musicians here, we also talk about some of the inventors and their machines. This episode, we're going to talk about Louis Devineaux. Born in France on March 1st, 1858, Devineau immigrated to the United States in 1894 and became an American citizen in 1902. Little is known about his life and work in his newly adopted hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, except that he was listed in the city's directories as either a secretary or a clerk. What is known about Devineau is that 
He was clever and competent enough as an inventor to receive six patents for phonograph improvements, which compares quite favorably to Emil Berliner's 12 patents. He was apparently fascinated by phonograph horns, receiving three patents between 1903 and 1908. One was put into production, the very rare ideal horn. Uh, made before Edison's curved signet horn. It had the same general shape, but was so lightweight and balanced that it rode freely on the reproducer with no support crane. It was a clever invention, but like many other such novelties, failed to achieve widespread sales. Here's side one of Ada Jones. Put on your slippers, you're in for the night on Edison. Bill Jones had been a rounder and had flirted with the town. And when Bill took himself a wife, it was hard to settle down. Bill got the fever once a month and reached out for his hat. But wifey dear would catch him and she'd simply murmur, Gat, put on your slippers, you're in for the night. Shake up the furnace and turn down the light. If you expect to keep your wife, just muscle to the simple life. So put on your slippers, you're in for the night. Bill joined host company seven and said, I have got a plan to fool our wives and sweethearts and get freedom for each man. That night they rang the fire bell, Bill scrambled out of bed. Whitey grabbed his trousers and to Bill she softly said, Put on your slippers, you're in for the night. Shake up the furnace and turn down the light. He said, My dear, the hose machine. She said, I know the hose you mean. So put on your slippers, you're in for the night. Bill broke away one evening and got full of drink for pair. A copper said, I'll run you in. But Bill sang, I don't care. He dragged him to the station house. Bill sobered up and cried. My place is by my little wife. And then the judge replied, Put on your slippers, you're in for the night. Shake up the furnace and turn down the light. Get comfortable and learn our ways. It looks like you'll be here ten days. So put on your slippers, you're in for the night. Bill's wife 
ambitious invention was a singularly unusual device to allow disc records to be played on a cylinder phonograph. He applied for a patent on June 18, 1906, which was issued on September 10, 1907. The basic concept was simple. A turntable mounted to the cabinet and powered by this cylinder mandrel. Devino named it the biophone with bi meaning two of course and in cylinder and disc Devino somehow found the necessary financial backing possibly illegal as we'll see later to put his idea into production um, and a preliminary announcement appeared in talking machine world in april 1906 it said a devino biophone attachment louis devino of cleveland has recently perfected an attachment which will enable the owner of a cylinder machine to play disc records of any make this attachment which the world had the pleasure of inspecting this week, can be connected without any screws or bolts to mar the cabinet and can be adjusted in a few seconds. It is operated by friction so that neither gear or belt is needed in its operation. Uh, this does away with any and all dirt oil of any kind. Three 12-inch records can be played on one winding of the Edison Standard Machine. The Devino Biophone Company are already manufacturing these attachments on a large scale and will shortly be prepared to fill all orders. Uh, Mr. Devino deserves a great credit for perfecting his uh, valuable contribution to the talking machine development. This attachment is bound to boost things in record line and will revive interest in thousands of people who have dropped out from among the steady patrons of Talking Machine stores. Three advertisements appeared in later issues of Talking Machine World. Uh, a wholesale dealer in Detroit promoted the Biophone in May 1907 with a drawing uh, based on the original patent design. It's not clear whether the rear-mounted tone arm was ever actually manufactured, though. Here's side two, Arthur feels, when I send you a picture of Berlin, 
Of that trip had often dreamed Sweetheart crying at the pier Said I'm proud of you my dear Now you'll realize your dreams Taking pictures of both scenes Said John that's what I'll do And I'll send them home to you When I send you a picture of London Then you'll know I've landed safely over there When I send you that shot of Paris, you'll know I'm ready to do and dare. I'll do my share, you'll know I'm thinking about you. When I send you my photo all alone, but when I send you a picture of Berlin, you'll know it's over, over there, I'm coming Saw the transport disappear Dried her tears and heaved a sigh Said he'll come back by and by There are millions more like him Full of him in fighting trim Smiling when they sail away Our debt to France they're glad to pay We'll miss them all at home But their proof in Johnny's home When I send you a picture of London Oh, then you'll know I've landed safely over there When I send you that shot of Paris You'll know I'm ready to do and dare I'll do my share, you'll know I'm thinking about you When I send you my photo all alone But when I send you a picture of Berlin You'll know it's over, over there I'm coming home freestanding horn called the S-horn, and of any horn, the ideal can be instantly attached to the biophone. The biophone attachment consists of a bracket that attaches to the rear of the phonograph, which supports an iron casting, through which a drive shaft of the turntable is mounted. At the bottom of this shaft has a round, slightly flexible, thin metal disc with a leather pad on the underside to add friction. This must be very carefully adjusted to ride on a rubber-covered metal sleeve, the tire, which slips onto the cylinder mandrel to further ensure adequate friction. The turntable is a heavy casting with three spokes, tipped with large balls which act as flywheels, increasing torque uh, through centrifugal force when the turntable spins. 
A separate aluminum bracket mounts to the cylinder reproducer to support the tone arm. You're probably better off to go in uh, online and Google Biophone just to see what it really looks like. The Biophone reproducer is a variation of one uh, which Devino patented as a combination cylinder disc reproducer. Uh, although on the Biophone it will only play discs. The diaphragm is fiber uh, secured with wax and although simple in design it gives surprisingly loud and bright sound. Despite the glowing announcement in uh, talking machine world, the attachment definitely cannot be adjusted in a few seconds. Uh, nor is it capable of playing three 12-inch records on one winding of an Edison standard. It is underpowered and sensitive to adjust, I've been told. <laughs> Still, it can work fairly effectively, if not awkwardly. Here's side three. By the light of the silvery moon, Ada Jones, 1910. clear, however, that the Biophone was a complete failure in the marketplace. No further announcements or advertisements are known after November 1907, and sales must have been minimal since 
only one biophone attachment is known to have survived today. Curiously enough, a biophone appears in the 1964 movie My Fair Lady, starring Rex Harrison and Audrey Hepburn. It can be seen quite clearly on a landing of the main stairway and is a prominent in several scenes of the movie. At one point, Rex Harrison bumps into the machine and it starts playing loudly before he angrily shuts it off. In the film, the attachment is mounted to what appears to be an Edison home or a Triumph. The phonograph is shown from the rear and it is fitted with a small horn angled backwards. Yeah, you might want to Google that and check that out too. Only one biophone can be confirmed to exist. It is not difficult to understand why the biophone was a failure in the market when you consider that the price was a rather formidable $15. A factoring for inflation that translates to about $300 today. Certainly not an inexpensive device. Owners of cylinder phonographs who wanted to play disc records had more cost-effective options. A complete Victor Jr. could be purchased for $10, a Victor Zero for $17.50, or a Columbia AU for $12, or a Columbia AK for like $15. There's no question that any of these machines was superior to the Biophone, as well as much simpler. It was a clever idea in theory, but clumsy, awkward, and very expensive device in practice. It is hard to imagine anyone finding it convenient enough to justify the high price. Hey, nowadays, I don't think convenience is a matter. People like the eliteness of having it. Here's side four. Fred Van Epps, Dixie Medley, Unvocalian.
the myophone quickly disappeared from the market and Devino Inventive Street came to a halt. There is some question today as to just how Devino had financed his brief foray into the phonograph market. According to Conisberg's patent history, Louis Devineau disappeared in 1912 after the discovery that he had embezzled over $12,000 from the Cleveland City Treasury, uh, presumably while employed as the clerk in the city. To avoid prosecution, he fled the country and returned to Europe, never again to enter the United States. Whether Devineau funded his invention with stolen money or perhaps lost so much money as a result of his business failures that he resorted to the thievery to stay solvent, we'll likely never know. What is obvious is that the biophone slipped into obscurity along with Devineau's dreams of inventive success and fame. Thanks for listening. This has been Deadwax78, and I'm your host, Sean. And I think there's other ways that you could probably, you know, finance your, your invention. But I will tell you this. I'll catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.